He sent forth his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Psalm 107 verse 20. The message you're about to hear is a straightforward, down-to-earth and insightful teaching by Adelaide Heward Mills. Lady Reverend Adelaide serves under her husband, Bishop Dag Heward Mills, as a pastor at the Lighthouse Chapel International. Lady Reverend Adelaide is a handmaiden of God and is privileged to have been used by God to pastor and to speak the Word of God, both nationally and internationally, to all ages and gender. She has a plethora of messages on many issues, experiences, and situations of life from God's perspective. Get ready to be transformed as you listen to this message by God's anointed handmaiden, Lady Reverend Adelaide Heward Mills. It is a blessing to be right here in Cape Coast and be enjoying anointing from the Kodesh. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yesterday, we learned things we must learn. We learned things we must learn. All right, guys, how many noise from here? This morning, we learned things we must flee. And in the afternoon, we learned how to become a star. Say, wow. Tonight, I don't know what God is bringing our way. But ladies and gentlemen, how many believe that God is bringing something tintillating? Something sumptuous. Something exciting. Hallelujah. And I am glad our mommy is here again. More fresh than ever. More anointed than ever. Hallelujah. Full of the wisdom of God. Ladies and gentlemen, let's rise to our feet and welcome Lady Reverend Adelaide Heward Mills. Thank you. And Hallelujah. our interpreter. Shall we pray? Yambompai. Father, thank you for this time. Your word says that unto you shall the gathering of the people be. And Father, this evening we are gathered because of you. Jesus, be lifted up and draw us to yourself. I pray that you speak through me. I pray that you will grant me utterance in the name of Jesus. And I pray that the will of the Father will be done. Holy Spirit, Help me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Please take your seats. What a shock. What a shock. Well, we thank God for our second day of She. And we trust that He will take us through to the end and beyond. 
Amen. Amen. I want to thank your Bishop Jacob Godwill. Bishop For the wonderful acceptance that we feel here. The And we want to thank Lady Pastor Kezia also. Lady Reverend Kezia Swasi. For making this possible. The wama And I want to thank my gracious ladies. Gracious ladies For coming with me from Accra. And encouraging the gift of God in me. Now Kenyan Amen. Amen. And uh, I also want to thank my husband, the bishop. Bishop And my daughter Paula for being ever patient with our many travels. Amen. Amen. I salute you, Mrs. Jesse. Jesse Saki, you're Mrs. welcome. Lady Pastor Evelyn, you're also welcome. Yeah, my lady pastor Evelyn Akwaba. And uh, all the pastors and reverends in our midst, lady pastors, all of you who have come from everywhere, God bless you. Oh, yeah, I don't asofo. take your presence for granted. Amen. Amen. Well, yesterday I explained to you all um, showed you where presiding bishop was coming from when he gave us our new women's ministry called She Has Done What She Could Conference. Amen. She has done what she could. Why is that? And um, this evening, we are still continuing. I want to talk to you about that which troubles women. Yeah, you heard right. That which troubles women. John chapter 12. Verse 7. Well, it's still about the same story of a woman coming, but this time it's in Lazarus' house. In fact, Bible commentators believe that it was not just one woman. Because if you read John chapter 12, you find out that in verse 3, it says that Mary therefore took a pound of expensive ointment made from pure nut and anointed the feet of Jesus. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But Judas Iscariot. Judas Iscariot no. Everybody say, but Judas Iscariot. But Judas Iscariot. Now, so Judas, now, oh yeah, Iscariot. One of his disciples. 
He who was about to betray him said, Why was this ointment not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? But it's in a one ton. He said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. We often say what is acceptable, but what is usually a real motive is hidden. Like Judas will say a nice thing. If this money were used for the poor, it would be good. But the Bible is saying he didn't care about the poor at all. In fact, the Bible says that he was a thief. He, he was Jesus' treasurer and he used to steal. Now, Judas, I can't send me though. But it's in your But I put your knowledge in the Bible. It's in there. No, no, no. Jesus, Nisi Kasamado. It's in your view. And having charge of the money bag, he used to help himself. To what was put into it. <laughs> Jesus said, Leave her alone. Jesus said, He said about the woman, Leave her alone. So that she may keep it for the day of my burial. For the poor you always have with you. But you do not always have me. I want to stress on the fact that Jesus said, Leave her alone. Turn to the person next to you and say, Leave women alone. Leave her alone. Leave her alone. Amen. Now, when you read on to verse 9, when the large crowd of the Jews learned that Jesus was there, they came not only on account of him, but also to see Lazarus, whom he has raised from the dead. So the chief priests made plans to put Lazarus to death as well. Now, because on account of him, many of the Jews were going away and believing in Jesus. So on each count, you see that people are in the presence of Jesus. We are all there. We all look like we are all in she. But everybody's motive is different. Judas Iscariot was there. He was criticizing the woman. He was a thief, but he was using nice things to cover it. Judas Iscariot the chief priests, they have seen that Lazarus has been raised from the dead. They are not happy. So they are actually coming there to see how they can kill him. But this woman who was actually coming just to do her worship 
and just to give the master his due. None of the chief priests were criticized. Not even Judas Iscariot. But the woman who had the true motive and the real motive was the one who was attacked. Jesus Christ, sometimes we think that it's bad people that things are thrown at. But sometimes and often it's the person who has a purpose and that purpose is eternal. And Satan doesn't like that. So he gangs up and rather criticizes that which is good and leaves that which is bad. And so Jesus has to say, you know, you are you are attacking her too much. Leave her alone. One thing that baffles me is that the disciples, it wasn't their money, neither was it their cost. Neither was it their expense, but people have a problem. I don't get it. So if the person has come and said, I'm bringing this expensive ointment to Jesus, why does it worry you? You won't do it. Leave her alone so that she can do what is on her heart. Matthew 26 also gives the same account. And as I was telling you, it is believed that there were different people because this one was Mary. Now the, the, the home in John was the home of Lazarus. Now this home is the home of Simon the leper. Matthew 26 verse 6 Now when Jesus was at Bethany in the house of Simon the leper A woman came up to him with an alabaster box Flask of very expensive ointment And and verse 8 said, and when the, the disciples saw it, they were angry or they were indignant and saying, why this waste? And this is where my verse, my topic for tonight is coming from verse 10. But Jesus, aware of this, said to them, why do you trouble the woman? For she has done a beautiful thing to me. Amen. Amen. And when you read the Mark account, it is also a woman. And this time, Jesus is invited to the house of Simon the Pharisee. And his main problem is that, he said, this man, if he were a prophet, he would know the type of woman who was touching him. So then, the, the, the thing is, why do you trouble the woman? 
So what does the enemy use? What do people use to trouble the woman? Genesis chapter 3. Genesis. Amen. It's Rebasa. When God came to the garden, and he saw that man had fallen, and he said to Adam, verse 9, but the Lord God called to the man and said to him, where are you? And Adam said, I heard the sound of you in the garden. And I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. God said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? The man said, the woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me fruit of the tree and I ate. Then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this you have done? The woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. Amen. Amen. I think of all the two accounts, the truer one is the woman's own because the Bible says the woman was deceived. So she said, the serpent deceived me and I did eat. But from that time in the garden, one of the things that troubles women the most is relationships. One of the cardinal things that can make a woman lose her composure, sometimes even lose her mental stability, is relationships. And as soon as this happened, Adam, who had lived in peace and unity with Eve, now said, It's the woman that you gave me. And immediately there was division between husband and wife. There was division in the home. And Jesus said, a house divided against itself cannot stand. Adam, when first Eve was made for him, he didn't say to God, that, why did you put me to sleep? You didn't involve me. Did I tell you I have a problem? He just woke up and said, wow, this is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman. But now he suddenly feels that God gave him a problem. God gave him a difficulty. God has given him something that has made him lose paradise. Paradise, Abono. 
It is believed by Bible scholars that the nature of a child or the seed of a child or the nature of a child comes from the father and not the mother. That is why the Bible says through one man sin came into the world, not through one woman. Dick's commentary says that that is why Jesus was born of God and yet had a mother Mary because a woman cannot pass on sin to a child. When you see two women often that they don't get along, they don't flow, usually it can be anything. But the most dangerous one is when another woman feels that another woman is trying to meddle with the man she loves. Come to Genesis 30 verse 1. When Rachel saw that she bore Jacob no children, she envied her sister. And she said to Jacob, give me children or I shall die. Now, Rachel, who is the baby of Jacob, Jacob's anger was kindled against Rachel. Jacob Rachel. And he said, Am I in the place of God who has withheld from you the fruit of the womb? Well, when you read verse 8, Rachel says, Then Rachel said, With mighty wrestlings, I have wrestled with my sister. And I have prevailed. These are two sisters, same mother, same father. But when it comes to same husband, there is a problem. The Bible says Rachel envied her sister. Bible says that Rachel but Rachel was the loved and preferred one. But as soon as a woman enters a relationship, be it marriage, be it whatever, it is the place of mighty wrestlings. And therefore, that is why relationships are one of the things that worry women. When you look at Sarah and Hagar, it was Sarah's idea that Hagar, Abraham should have Hagar. And so in Genesis 16 verse 4, the Bible says he went into Hagar and she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, she looked with contempt on her mistress. Now, 
Hega Abraham ko Hega nche no onyinsani na bra onyinsani no wanfa bu amanewura oyɛ Sarah And Sarah said to Abraham May the wrong done to me be on you I gave my servant to your embrace and when she saw that she had conceived she looked on me with contempt May the Lord judge between you and me Na Sarah said there Bone awaza yamano ombra wodo meje ma ba wa ma na sisia ombume but Abraham said to Sarah, Behold, your servant is in your power. Do to her as you please. Then Sarah dealt harshly with her, and she fled from her. Now, Abraham see Sarah there. Oyawarawa bawa ma epebiara feyano na oyinizine rinrin na hega guaning. Sarah dealt harshly with her. Oyinizine rinrin. When it comes to beloved marriage issues. Then there's no sweetness, there's no gentleness, there's harshness. Sir, Oban Awarena and Pratuman, I beloved Ma, or no, or yet, and Brawyakra, Nemum Oyazin, Papa. And also, Hagar called for it because as soon as she also saw that she had conceived, she just decided that I am now better than my mistress and decided to despise her. Ebra Hagar, Onya, who the wings and a pair, Osnesia, Mias and Mura into Amphabu Amano. And so from the Garden of Eden, there have always been problems with relationships. And when God came to the Garden and he was meeting out judgment, it, he, he didn't punish only Eve. He punished everybody, including the serpent. But he said, among other things to Eve, your desire shall be unto your husband, and he shall rule over you. And that also spelt a form of struggle in her relationship with her husband. Because now her desire, which had always been hers, was going to belong to another. So sometimes, when they say your desire shall be for your husband, you don't understand. You may have a PhD. But you may PhD. You may even have been smarter than your husband at school. You may be richer than him. But your desire is unto a husband. It doesn't matter your achievements. Sometimes we just don't feel complete without that thing called a brother. So all these things trouble women. Amen, ladies. Amen. My darling, your numbers. Yes. Now, Sarah, Abraham, and Sarah also had their issues. Abraham and Sarah so now also When Sarah said, "Oh." I've seen Isaac. He is mocking my son Ishmael. She doesn't relate to Abraham what happened. She doesn't say to Abraham, 
or when we had the outdooring or the dedication and then Isaac was really despising Ishmael she doesn't say that Ebra Sarah hun the Isaac or 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 Isaac no Ishmael no um wan kwa akaka asema osi pote anchre Abraham na okan za ohuni the He said what she said what she needed to be done. But she didn't say what had made her arrive at that conclusion. When she saw it, no, she took a decision. She said that cast out this bondwoman and her son. For this bondwoman's son shall not be heir with my son Isaac. Suddenly there was a beast in the house. And the Bible says that it was very grievous in Abraham's sight. And he also didn't talk. That, oh Sarah, is that so? I don't think I should do that. He just acted. He just ignored her and didn't send Isaac away. Period. Ignored her and sent and didn't send Isaac away. Yeah. And then God came in bodily form to Abraham. God came in bodily form to Abraham. Abraham and he told Abraham, listen to the voice of Sarah, your wife. I thought that instead of saying all this, you should just say, Abraham, send the child away. He said, listen to the voice of Sarah, your wife. And the Bible says as soon as Abraham woke up the next morning, he just organized Hagar and sent her away. But never really came to communicate with Sarah that what you said, actually God has come to confirm, never. He just acted. Sarah, Hagar, get your things. You are off. But never a step by step communication. It didn't begin today. It began from the time of our fathers. Abraham, Abigail was also a woman who had a difficult relationship. The Bible says she was a beautiful and pleasant woman. A woman of good understanding. But she ended up marrying a fool. I didn't say it. The Bible said it. But what amazes me is that the Bible said Nabal was a great man. And that he had great wealth. 
And he, it even lists the number of sheep and things he had. So somebody may be great financially, but still a fool in the things of God. And so these are some of the things that the enemy uses. And in our work in life, we find trouble in relationships. And most of our disappointments are in the area of relationships because our desire is unto a husband. And then the Bible says he will rule over you. As Bishop says, we fly towards the light knowing that the light will burn us. But in the book of Timothy, the Bible says that we shall be saved in childbirth if we continue in charity and other works. The next thing that troubles us also is area in the area of childbearing. And God said there also that in sorrow shall you give birth. In sorrow shall thou conceive and in sorrow shall thou also give birth. Labor is greater than any cement or concrete you will ever carry. Uh, when I see labor, I see that God's word is true, and hell is true, and we must avoid it at all costs. And many women in the Bible who worked with God also had childbearing issues. Hannah is one such woman. She seemed to have been the first wife of Elkanah because she's mentioned first. But the Bible says her womb had been shut. And it was after going through so many things with Penina again, relationships and relation to a man. Bra, oni Penina. Penina, enya inkita wenchu bebreno ni na kade aida inkita wudim na awarimu samara. Because they were rivals. Osana no waya akrafo. And they were married to one man called Elkana. No, waru benyino kwa ofran Elkana. I often wonder, you see, the case must be so real. If you are a woman and King Solomon approaches you and says, I have 299 wives, will you be the 300th? Why should you agree? Solomon. Ah, you are coming to that. Okay. Or even number 200. 
Why? Is it because you want to marry a king by all means? Or you don't care about his love and affection? What makes you want to be number 200? I can only explain it by a curse. Amen, ladies. When you look at even the mother of Samson, she had childbearing issues. And an angel appeared to her and said to her that she would have a child who would be a Nazarite. Sanctified unto God. And she did have the child. And so many issues. Hallelujah. Amen. When you look at even Sarah herself, the Bible says she by faith she received strength to conceive. Because she judged him faithful who had promised. Amen. Amen. When you look at Rebecca, Isaac's wife, she struggled, and two nations were actually fighting in her womb. And she didn't even understand, so she went to find out why. Why this major fight in my womb? The Bible said, two nations are in your womb. And the younger shall serve the older. The older shall serve the younger, sorry. When you look at Mary, the mother of Jesus, she also had issues because although she was young, she was not married to Joseph yet. So this one child that she would give birth to, a lot of controversy and issues. Now, when you look at Elizabeth and Zachariah, the Bible says they had served the Lord, they were blameless, but still they had that which troubles women. All these things come into our path as we try to walk and as we try to serve God. And any one of these things can lead you somewhere you don't want to be. I always say that when I was in secondary school here, we used to have a group called Friends of Ankafo at Ankafo. And so we used to go and visit the patients at Ankafo. And so we used to go there and visit them. But every time we went to the male side, the doctors would say, oh, it's about drugs. It's about things they shouldn't be smoking. That's what has gotten them here. But more often than not, when we got to the female side, we didn't have to do anything. As soon as we opened the door, we were likely to meet some women saying, John, John, I mean, I am a day, John, Ejama, 
John, Ebe John, Sunbri, Sunbra. Ah. Okay. He said he can't interpret Fanti to Fanti. Amen. Amen. So these are some of the things that can take us off on another road. So like the woman with the alabaster box, we start with good motives. We often start with a pure mind. And we start with a love for the master. But as we walk on the road of life, things are thrown at us. Sometimes it's for Simon the Pharisee. Even Simon the leper could also criticize us. Simon, Sometimes it's from disciples. And it can even be from chief priests. So when we keep walking on that road, we feel like giving up. It can also come from relationships that have failed or are failing. It can also come from childbearing and gynecological issues. All of it is supposed to derail us and take us from our real course. But when Jesus is there, when he's present where we are, he shields us and he says, Why trouble ye the woman? Psalm 3, verse 3 says, Thou, O Lord, art a shield about me. Why do you need a shield if you are not going to receive arrows? Why do you need a shield if knives will not be thrown at you? Everybody else in that room was in opposition to the woman. And to her service to God. But the presence of the master made everything unnecessary. If women will set their minds and their affections on things above, if according to Hebrews 12, we will look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, irrespective of things that will be used to trouble us, we will still break our alabaster box. We will still find the feet of the master. We will still wash his feet without tears. And we will still wipe his feet with our hair, which is our glory. Why trouble ye the woman? 
Amen. Amen. Another thing that is thrown at us and that derails us on our walk is fear of life and its issues. When you read First Peter three verse six, the Bible says, even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. Sarah, Whose daughters you are, calling him Lord. Whose daughters ye are. As long as you do well. And are not struck or afraid with any amazement. Fear is one of the things that are thrown at women. And the Bible is saying that Sarah obeyed Abraham calling her Lord. And if we want to be called daughters of Sarah, then we have to do good and not fear anything that is frightening. Sarah, friend, Nukun Abraham, Mura, and this is a pedal friend, Sarah, Nambaza, or whatever, Yadi, Onida Yosro, Bibiara. When I read this version, I was surprised. Do not fear that which is frightening. It means that you are acknowledging that it's frightening. But you are saying we should not be afraid of that which is frightening. In my walk with God, that has been one of the things that has surprised me greatly. I thought that we were not supposed to fear if there was nothing to be afraid of. But I learned that we are not supposed to fear even in the midst of frightening situations. Because when Jesus told his disciples, let us get into the boat and go to the other side, the disciples had not said they wanted to take a journey. They had not said they wanted to change where they are. It's the master who invited them to come on the journey. And the Bible says that as they were going, there were many ships also on the sea. And the Bible says that there arose a great storm. It uses the word great. And it filled the boat. And they were sinking. Is it not frightening? Am I not allowed to be afraid? But if you walk with God and your walk is deep, we are not supposed to be afraid of even things that are frightening. Not only that, Mark records that Jesus was asleep on a pillow in the helm of the boat. 
As if he didn't know that a storm was on. So the disciples went and woke him up. And they said, don't you care that we are perishing? We are going to lose our lives. Carest not thou that we perish? And Jesus woke up and said, where is your faith? Jesus, sorry, And he rebuked the wind and the sea. And the disciples said, Who is this that even the winds and the sea obey him? Sometimes on the way of life and on the path, your boat is virtually sinking or seems to have already sunk. Ladies, what will keep us afloat is not what we see, is not what we hear, is not what we experience, is the faith in a God who can do the impossible. It's not even your past. It's not your experiences. It's not what has happened to you. It is the presence of the master in the boat. It doesn't matter what happens in the boat. Once the master is present, you will come through. Yes, you may experience the storm. But the Bible says, when you walk through the water, you will not be drowned. When you go through the river, it will not overcome you. When you go through the fire, you will not be bent. So yes, it may happen, but the end result is good news. And I'm surprised that the Bible will say, if you are not afraid, of that which is frightening. A lot of things we do are out of fear. And I thank God that even though he rebukes fear, he doesn't, re he doesn't condemn those who fear. What are some of the common fears of women? The fear of not getting married. The fear of not having a child. The fear of marrying the wrong person. The fear of poverty and financial difficulties. The fear of your husband becoming interested in someone else. The fear of your children not doing well. The fear of your husband not loving you anymore. The fear of becoming a widow. The fear of in-laws. The fear of not being liked by others. The fear of being mistreated. The fear of giving up everything and losing it all. The fear of experiencing what we have seen happen to others. The fear of investing everything in our marriages and losing it all. 
But the book of 2 Timothy 1:7 says for God has not given us the spirit of fear. Na Timothy huma odi otie ebie no oso onyankopon wa mahia sro hohom. Beloved, fear is not a feeling, it is a spirit. Onua sro onye besia no oyesunsum. And fear is something that can cripple and paralyze you. Na sro botum ebubu. And fear is something that can even destroy our very lives. Sro botum asae wa brabo. That's why Peter tells us whose daughters you are. Until Peter catches him, yeah, yeah, Sarah number. As long as the yekodo, as long as you continue to do well, the yekodo ye di ye, and are not struck with amazement. Na yemasro in shehen, or are not afraid of frightening situations. Another yemstroza oyehu. The Bible says a great storm arose. Bible says then a whom can And it also says that when Jesus rebuked the wind and the sea. Now I say, Brab, Jesus cast out fear in from manona epono. A great calm came. A whole zin. When there's a great storm, say a whom can God also sends great calm. Onyankopondi zin kase ba. Amen. Amen. Another thing that troubles women in their service to God and their walk with Him is the presence of other men. As I told you, Simon the Pharisee, the disciples, Judas, Judas the chief priests were all around. And they all were not flowing with what she was doing. Now when I look at the old New Testament, the story is no better. Matthew 15, verse 22 to 24. And behold, a Canaanite or a Syrophoenician woman from that region came out and was crying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. But he did not answer her a word. And his disciples came and begged him, saying, Send her away, for she is crying out. After us. Na kena ibesiano ba Yesu inchene osui sinde Yesu humembabwa na mebe Yesu sumifi ashanema na wenfino na esuafunu kade pamenomo onko osande oriye dede dodo. Sometimes when women are trying to get close to the master, the disciples say, "Send her away, for she crieth after us." Bibi bini sembe siafu pende waben oruana esuafunu sinde pamenomo onko osande oriye dede. Every time and many times a woman tries to get to Jesus, there are so many obstacles. When a woman wants to obey the call of God on her life, a lot of things will be sent to trouble her. And the woman was not crying after the disciples, she was crying after Jesus. But they advised Jesus, send her away because she's crying after us. 
The woman with the issue of blood was trying to make her way to Jesus. She needed his touch. Just the touch of his garment. But there was such a large crowd around him that it almost looked impossible. And when she touched the hem of his garment, she was even afraid to come out to say, she was the one who had touched him. And Peter said, oh, nobody has touched you. There's a large crowd. I mean, you have to know that there will be jostling and pulling. Nobody has touched you. But the woman came trembling and said, Master, I touched the hem of your garment. It is necessary for us to know that because in Genesis 3, one of the things God said is that I will put enmity between, he was cursing the serpent. He said, I'll put enmity between you and the woman and between her seed and your seed. Amen. And so because of that, I have come to see that if God has called you or asked you to do anything, you shouldn't think that it will be easy. Sometimes it looks ordinary. Just bringing my alabaster box. But the type of opposition that will rise up against you, it doesn't match what you think you want to do. Amen. Amen. Now, when we look at John chapter 8, verse 3, the scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery. And they said, Teacher, this woman has been caught in the act of adultery. Now, the law of Moses says we should stone such women. What do you say? This they said to test him. So that if he says that stone has, ah, so you believe in Moses' law. And if he says, oh, let her go, ah, you believe in adultery. But Jesus said in verse 7, let him who is without sin among you. Be the first to throw a stone at her. Jesus catch a hole in Chichem, a son of the near on your bonnet and on Unzin can tow a bone. And in verse 10, Jesus stood up and said to her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you. Go, and from now on, sin no more. Now, Jesus, beside the Bessia, who for Buffalo, he. It is never possible that adultery can be caused by only a woman. 
And yet, when it came to condemnation, all the men who said they saw her caught in the act ganged up against her and they didn't bring her with the man. They brought only her to Jesus. So that which troubles women. Amen. Now sometimes, if you are the Syrophoenician woman, or you are the woman with the alabaster box, you may say, you know, let me just give up. Why? After all, it's my own expense. It's my own thing that I have bought. And I just want to bring it to Jesus. But this small act has stirred up a hornet's nest. I'm having so much flack, so much opposition, so much fight. Let me just leave it and just be here. And Sir. many women retreat from the battleground and retreat from God's call on our life and retreat on God's purpose for us. And we never get into what we want to do. Say or what God wants us to do. Say a Kenan Besiano another Mary now as the Alabaster Boss and Bana and Chia Ebacado Abapaba or Sandan Kofo was sorry to know what Dorson. Yum baby actually and if we but ya on Yakupa one my hand in a corner of Yabo on Yakupancha Yabosum no Yachin for the Yogan Effi Akon Sarado. Some of us it's time to come back. It's time to return to your first love. It's time to return to what he told you so many years ago. It's time to return to that desire you had to serve him. Yes, marriage may have thrown trouble at you. Childbearing may have thrown trouble at you. But like the woman with the alabaster box, you've got to rise up beyond that. And Jesus said, wherever the gospel is preached, this woman shall be mentioned as a memorial. Even tonight is a fulfillment of that prophecy more than 2,000 years ago. The Pharisees may not give you that uh, lifting up. The chief priest may not. But the one who really matters is the one who called you. Faithful is he who called you. Who also will do it. Another trouble is low self-esteem. Low self-esteem. Like you, you, you see yourself in a very low way. You see, when the woman came with her alabaster box, they referred to her past. And they said that this, this man, if he were a prophet, he would know that this type of woman, she's so some way that she's not even fit to be here. I mean the type of woman. I mean she doesn't meet the requirements. No woman is a harlot without a man. There is no such thing. 
But because the curse for Satan was a direct confrontation with the woman and her seed, the woman's answer to God's call is a different ballgame. So many times our past may confront us. It's not only your past when you were not born again. But sometimes your past even in your walk with God. Even when you were a Christian and you were young, you may have let God down in various ways. And the mirror that we look in is other people and our spouses. You have dressed, you are looking nice. But you don't feel that you are looking nice because your husband has not said it. But sometimes he hasn't said it because he is used to you looking nice. And sometimes you can use that to make you very sad the whole day. I mean, why? Why should people be able to turn you left, right, center, forward, backwards when Christ says that you are fearfully and wonderfully made? The woman could easily have felt that she dare not go into such presence because it was a big time dinner of high society people. And then she had not been invited because she didn't matter in that society. But who decides who matters? Because even the person who chooses is flesh and blood like you. But the one who says and it comes to pass is Jehovah himself. The woman must have felt inferior in such a society. And they made her feel it when she came. But she didn't take her image from what people said. She took her image from the Jesus she had encountered. The Bible says, We have the fullness of the Godhead body, dwelleth in my God, and you and I, we are complete in him. In our service to God, one of the things that would trouble us is, am I worthy? Can God use a woman like me? When people are going, am I also counted? And also, I want to serve God, but if I open my mouth, what do I have to say? Lady Pepe, Reverend, I don't have anything to say. But all of us will have nothing to say if it were not for the Bible. So it's not like we have some great things to say. Thank God for his word. 
And some of you, you look at yourself and say, I don't come from a good background. Like how when God called Gideon, he said, oh, my tribe is the least. And in the least tribe also, I'm the least of the families inside the tribe. But God is not calling you based on your background. He's calling you based on his purpose. So the woman could have said, hey. People who have money are doing dinner. They say dress is smart casual. What's it? Dress code. Smart casual. And me, the casual crap of me, you be answering my shit, smart casual. And the guest of honor is Jesus Christ. Now me, even in this town, they didn't even invite me because Amen. Amen. And then, how can I go when I get to the gate? We'll be some time we Jesus, the guest of honor. invitation card. When you look at all these things, you say, you know what? Let my alabaster stay with me in my room. But Jesus had to be anointed before his burial. And sometimes the things you miss out on doing subtracts for the kingdom of God, but you will never know. The Bible says in Philippians 1.6, we are accepted in the beloved. Hallelujah. Amen. And we are accepted, not because of our background, not because of our family, not because we are educated, not because we are not educated, not because we have money, but because Jesus paid the price so that we could be accepted. Hallelujah. And that's one of the reasons why I love the song, I Know Who I Am. Because a lot of us don't know who we are. We are who society says we are. You are who the university says you are. We are who your husband says you are. We are who your beloved says you are. The popular people, when they say who you are, that is how you cast your image. But there's a need for a change. We need to go back to the perfect law of liberty. The mirror of his word. And we need to look into the mirror. And say, oh wow, I am the bride of Christ. He rejoices over me with singing. And he has paid a precious price. For me. Therefore, 
I am making a beeline for Jesus. <laughs> Therefore, I'm going directly to Jesus. It's a miracle. Yes, you intend. <laughs> Clap for my interpreter. <laughs> Amen. Amen. The woman with the alabaster box. alabaster box Did not allow her past to define her. In the in the Bible even when people are even delivered or cured from something, we never change their names. Blind Bartimaeus was healed of his blindness, but we call him Blind Bartimaeus. The prodigal son came home, but up to today, we call him the prodigal son. The woman with the issue of blood, her fountain dried up, but we still say to her, you have issues. How can you let man define you? Even though you have come home as a prodigal son, they never forgot that you went. And the title they use for your story is the prodigal son. But for the father, you are the son who came home. We have to fight to see ourselves the way God sees us. Hallelujah. Amen. And that brings us back to the word of God. There is no other way. The final trouble that is thrown at us. We are misled by covetousness. Covetousness, not being content with what we have. Yeah, 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 in the abundance of the things he possesses. I have learned to take heed to the things God tells me. And not to say, oh, how? I mean, this one is not an issue for me. So far as God says, take heed and beware. It is worth obeying. We can be so troubled with covetousness that we never become what God wants us to be. Sometimes God tells you to do something like the woman with the alabaster box and you begin to say, Oh, but that's all I have. Look at this Simon the Pharisee. He has so much money. He has even held a party. What about me? Why is God taking this from me? And they, comparing themselves with themselves, are not wise. So, today, we see the alabaster box. He brought on your 
Hallelujah. Amen. So sometimes and often God tells us to do things personally. And then we start to look for people to either do it with compare with and in the end we don't do it many times when i have to go for a meeting i'll be telling god but god eh, what do i have to to say what do i have to add to all the great things that are happening around me it cannot be that the little i have to say is something you can use Sometimes, some time ago, I used to think whenever I was invited outside the country, I would say, Oh, but why are they asking me to come all the way? When I reach there, what will I say? Well, what is it that I should take that long journey to go and tell them what that they don't know already? Yeah, and I feel that, oh, so many great anointings have passed through this church. What am I going to also add? I mean, Abaza. And God told me like Gideon that go in this thy might. Whatever it is that you have, whatever it is that I've given you, just go in this your might and just do as he has called you to do. The things that I'm preaching to you are things that I have had to preach to myself first. Because sometimes when you want to do something, a lot of talking, a lot of say, hey. And if you are like me, ma'am, it's okay. It's okay. But I see that God has a purpose. And therefore, when you don't do what he has called you to do, it, it subtracts and it takes something away. Many times the church has um, events and it hosts guests. When the church was starting, it couldn't afford a hotel. So they always brought the people to my home. I told some of the missionary wives at the missionary wife school. That when I was young, like you, or even younger, every guest slept in my house. It didn't matter if the guest was Swiss, Zimbabwean, English, Ghanaian, Tree, whatever. The guest slept in my house because... The church could not afford to pay hotel bills. And I used to think, ah, this great man of God is coming to sleep in this my humble house. What will I do? 
So the onyango pona kuaji tree oreba mi fiyi mu. Ibana zina maye. But the Holy Spirit encouraged me and told me, just do your best, the best you know how to do, and God will bless it. Yeah, onyango kwa shemu kwenye minyaza mahuzi nibotum no onyami beshrado. And now, when I look back, I'm surprised at the number of people who passed through my home. That when the church started to host its guests in hotels, now they'll come to the church during the program. And I thought to myself, when they come, should they just be sitting there like that? I think we should have some tea time. We should have some lunch. We should have some breaking bread. Nobody sent me. Maybe only God. And then I thought to myself, ah, people have big, big, big anointings. They are coming to preach, lay hands, Preach on you to your small protocol. You say you are going where? To do what? To be on my catch up. So now, one and go, young Ponongo Sakas Wondo, were busy Jumana was Sango Fuso, Eddie Wo, our Hoya, Kakadi, Eddie Bayadan. But I'm sure that the Holy Spirit comforted me and said that you do your part, you will be surprised that it may make a difference. Majesty of whom Cocro Kenyan Medo, what say your wife from and so I started little by little and nowadays we have to host big conferences like ISI and last year my husband told me you see the ISI all the great board members will come the first sentence when they get back and they are writing the right dear bishop, we have arrived safely wherever they have arrived. And then the first sentence, thank you for your wonderful reception and protocol. We will never forget that. Bishop Kachamado, Ahoha, Waba Wakarina, Wakodu Biauduna, Wachokratia, Wakado, Bishop Yebodu, Asumujimu, Yadawasa, Wawa, who Yasro, Kwa, Ezemahan, Yenwa, Asopa, Papa Yeri, and Kafrida. He said, It seems protocol sets the tone for so many things. Also, I am there, Ahoho Geno, Oma, and Zema Bebri, to Tana Quenemu. He said, The first sentence is not. Oh, how great was the anointing. How great was the word. The first sentence is, how great was the reception. And how great was the protocol. What if I had not done that little part? That doesn't look so powerful. That is not on stage. But maybe my alabaster box that I can bring to the master to serve him. That which troubles women. Instead of looking on our path and walking, we say, Why am I not a bishop? Why am I not a reverend? Why am I not? We compare ourselves and therefore never become what we have to become. If the woman had compared herself to Judas, 
because she will see him as a disciple. He said that, hey, he works with Jesus every day. Me, I'm bringing my alabaster box. Who am I? What's my standing? What's my position? Not knowing Judas is a problematic disciple who is a thief. Only God is the right judge. Wow. <laughs> God asked Moses, what is that you have in your hand? Moses said, a rod. I mean, most of us don't even respect a rod. But when God touches it, it becomes a useful tool in his hand. Whatever giftings you have, don't compare with somebody. Because when you compare, you become covetous. You will forget about your call. Your, whatever you have will be diminished in your sight. You will say, oh, I only have a rod. I only have a wicker basket like Moses' mother. I don't have much. But you're little. It may be five loaves and two fish. But when the master touches it, it can feed 5,000. Amen. So lady reverend, how can we overcome, I've said some, some of these troubles? How can we not be troubled by our environment and things happening around us. How can we not be troubled with relationships when that is how we are wired and that's where we live? How can we not be troubled with childbearing and gynecological problems when we find ourselves in that place? What happens is that what you behold, you become. That's why the Bible says, as we behold his face, we are changed from glory into glory. Whatever you keep gazing at, you will become that thing. And so we have to choose what we will gaze at. And we have to choose what is going to engage our attention. And we have to fight against that which takes away us away from the path. So yes, your desire shall be unto your husband. And yes, we are wired for relationships. But you must know that God does not expect you to be 100% fulfilled by any human relationship. Anytime a, warm, a, a, a human being can meet all your needs 100%, then God has become unnecessary. 
And God will never share his glory with another. Hallelujah. Amen. And so we should come to that place where we don't expect 100% from any human being. I am not saying that God doesn't give us spouses and family and church family to meet needs. He does. But he doesn't select one person on this planet to meet all your needs. In Esther chapter 4 verse 11. Esther is chosen to be queen. The Bible says the king loved her above all other women. And yet in Esther chapter 4 verse 11, she confides in, uh, in Mordecai that for 30 days, even though I live in the palace with the king, he has not called me, he has not communicated with me, he has not spoken to me. I've not seen him in the same bedroom, and yet we live in the same palace. And I can't just also go. I have to observe palace protocol. So then, if for 30 days, 30 days, the king has not seen Esther. It's not because she, he didn't love her. He loved her above all women. But he may have wrongly been carried away only with kingdom business. If you were Esther, what would you do? Will you sit there for 30 days, do nothing, and be thinking, hey, Razi, it's about time, no, but from, I say, Mr. Zoya, it's nice. He, he, 30 days. The rest, uh, no, I was the end. Amen. Amen. And so every woman, whether you are married, whether you are unmarried, Learn to find fulfillment in God. Learn to find fulfillment in other relationships. Thank God Esther went to the palace with seven other maidens. When she was in trouble, she could call on them to stand and fast and pray for her and with her. Some of us, we are too, I walk alone. And some of us, when we get a beloved, we don't remember our girlfriends anymore. But let me tell you, girlfriend, you are going to need your girlfriends along the way. What I said about Esther... I said Esther went to the palace with seven maidens. Esther, Oroko, Ahimfiono, Ozen, Ne, 
enkwa eson kan ho kwae na bra okwa hawo mu no onwo no bomu ye akwanchi yem bebere ya ye ankonam na yenan kwote yenam na mum yen kai de ye be hia afofor afofor yeah people who will help us no not afofor the people you know yeah you shouldn't let them go because others Amen. Because every human being has limitations. If you are going to marry because you think you will never be disappointed, then please remain single. Because even you, you disappoint yourself. You yourself. You disappoint yourself. Sometimes you do certain things. I'm so disappointed in myself. Oh, I set my alarm for seven to wake up and pray. And I've slept. It's now ten. Oh, Lady Reverend, I'm so disappointed in myself. Even you yourself, you can't trust yourself. How much more another human being? Seven o'clock na abompai. But when it comes to another human being, then you raise the marking scheme. And you don't behave as if you also disappoint yourself. If you are going to get married, start on the foundation of your relationship with Jesus Christ. You will need it. I believe Esther had that foundation. That is why when Mordecai said, think not that uh, 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 deliverance will arise from somewhere, but no, think not that you, you escape. But who knows if you've come to the kingdom first. Deliverance will arise from somewhere if you don't force. Awesome. Then she sends to Mordecai and says, go and organize all the Jews and fast and pray for me. But my maidens and I also in the palace, we will also fast. And then after three days, I will go in unto the king. You need godly maidens in your life. You need people you can share prayer topics with, not only gossip and the latest hairstyle and the latest dress, but people who you can say, stand with me with these verses and let us enter the throne room and we will come back with results. Brazilian does not scare demons. Brazilian, Brazilian hair. hair does not scare demons. So, so if you want to Brazilian hair. But the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Will make you strong. Amen, ladies. Amen. Another thing I would say, which would keep you on the track, I said, look unto Jesus and remember the things that God has spoken to you. 
Sometimes you have to write the things that God has told you. Because we have a tendency to forget. Habakkuk says, write down the vision. Because it is for an appointed time. Whenever you come back to read that vision, it will bring you back on track. You will see how far you have deviated from what you said God told you. And the Holy Spirit will bring you back to the path. To keep you walking. And then finally, finally, when you read Proverbs 31, there are very few verses in that uh, proverb that spoke about her husband. virtuous woman. One of the things it says is that the heart of her husband doth safely trust in her. And then also that her husband is known in the gates. And that she does him good and not evil all the days of her life. And the final one says that her husband rises and praises her. But of all the other verses, it's about her and her life. She has a full life. She wakes up in the morning. She gives food to her maidens. And to her children. She prepares for the future. Her household is clothed in scarlet. She makes coverings of tapestry and purple for herself. Her candle does not go out at night. She makes linen and girdles and takes them to the merchant ship. By all means, when she gets to the merchant ship, they will be used to her now. There will be people for her to chat with. Even though she's going to do business, there are people for her to de-stress with. She considers a field and she buys it. She sees that her merchandise is good. She lays her hands to the distaff. She stretches out her hand to the needy. After all this, if you haven't been called for 30 days, will you feel it? Even if you feel it, it will be lessened. Because you will have useful things you are doing. It's just like in church. When you are involved in the things of God, you also get busy. So you don't also get time to be looking for your husband. Where has he gone? He's gone upstairs. Yeah, he's beating ashes. After that, he'll meet follow-up. Yeah. And then after that, what? Now, you are also busy. But when you are idle, 
You have the opportunity to give unnecessary pressure. You have the opportunity to be sitting in the car and blowing the horn and waiting. But when you put your hands to the plow, when you put your hands to the plow, you don't have time to just be sitting in the car and wondering, what can I do to occupy myself? That is one secret of the virtuous woman. She occupies herself with useful things. Some of you, you don't have anything apart from work. Church, you just mark the register and then you are gone. She thank God for a church where you are given opportunity to work for God. It delivers you from mental hospital. It delivers you from depression. Depression. It delivers you from unnecessary quarrels. It delivers you from unrealistic expectations from your marriage and relationship. Because you also know Jesus personally for yourself. Some of you, the only God you know is the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. But as for you personally, you don't have a God. But it's time to have a God. Tonight. You can be a fulfilled woman. And even when you haven't been called for 30 days, you know how to go to the throne room of grace. The Bible doesn't say in Hebrews 4.16 that we let us come boldly unto the throne room of grace that we may find mercy and grace to help. It also adds in time of need. Why? Because there will be many times of need. Many. Bible and grace to help in time of need and grace to help in time of need in the times of need in our lives there is grace there is mercy but it can only be found at the throne of grace. Not anywhere else. And in your life, there's no throne. You don't even know where to find the throne of grace. Prayer is not part of your life. Tonight, as the troubles come, to a woman receive grace to help in time of need grace can come in the form of a solution 
You see, sometimes some women come to me, I tell them, this is your problem, man. It's like being married to a pharaoh. Moses went several times. Only a miracle can save you. Pharaoh is a man who has a very hard heart and does not yield to anything. I say to the wives, just pray that there will be no plagues, but you need miracles. Sometimes it may not be even general hardness, but in a certain area, and yieldedness, hardness, and for a wife, a world that does not give in when you think it should can be very frustrating. He just doesn't see it your way. And then you are also saying, except this door opens, I will never be happy. But you can be happy even if that door remains closed. Because the source of your happiness is not the openness to that door, but it is something greater than that. That which troubles women. Thank God that in Christ Jesus we have the answer. And I pray that you will take these nuggets and run with them. No matter how young you are, you can start cultivating some of these things in your life. The interesting thing is about marriage is that after you've been married for so many years, you look back and you realize that there were many things you could have lived without and still be happy. And sometimes when you even think about some of the beasts, you see that they were very, very unnecessary and that you didn't need to force so much. So when younger wives come to me and then they are very, mommy, he did this. Can you imagine? Oh, it's nothing. You'll be okay. Mommy, it's very hard. I won't be okay. You'll be okay. Look, if you like, mark it here. Huh? When you come back next year, you'll tell me that, mommy, no, I'm going to be waiting for you. Because sometimes the problem may not change, but you yourself mature. I didn't say sometimes. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Stand to your feet. Sorry, <laughs> My interpreter says, Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I just want you to talk to God. Thou, oh Lord, had a shield oh, about me. 
You are my, please help me. You know the song. Lift up of my head. Thou, O Lord, are the shield about me. Thou, yea, O Lord, mm, are the shield, a shield about me. You're my glory. You are the lifter of my head. And I sing hallelujah. talk to God. I don't know which part of the message God is ministering to you on, but you know and you want to talk to God. Some of you think you are in some intractable situations, but you want to believe God that as you come to the throne of grace and you leave your burdens there, God himself will fight for you. There are certain battles you are not supposed to fight. It's God who is supposed to fight those battles for you. Pray that in spite of all that troubles women, you will keep on track. You will not deviate. You will not be distracted. You will not be veered out of your path by offense, by hurt, by bitterness, by experiences. But that you will keep your eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. Talk to God. Give us a song. Give us a song. Oh, Jesus, thank you. I pray that that which troubles women will not swallow us up. I pray that that which troubles women will not cause us to derail in our walk with you. I pray that that which destroys our destinies and our calls, Lord, will not have the upper hand in our lives. Tonight, we pull down every stronghold of the enemy. We pull down things that are arrayed against people that might respond to your call and to the things that we must bring to the feet of the master. Thank you for a change. Thank you for a new beginning. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I need thee every hour. Call upon him. It's not easy, but we need him. It's not easy, that's why we need him. He's whispering peace.
For the sheep. Tonight he's reaching out to you wherever you are. Lady Reverend, pray for me. I'm not sure whether I'll go to heaven or hell when I die. Lady Reverend, I need to get back on track. 
in spite of all the things that trouble me. Lady Reverend, it's time to lay my life down for the Good Shepherd. If you are like that here this evening, just lift up your hands and I'll pray with you. Lady Reverend, pray for me. I'm not sure whether I'll go to heaven or hell when I die. Every eye closed. Every head bowed. Let your hand go high above your shoulder. I will do you a great disservice to leave here without giving you the opportunity to get it right with God. Without giving you the opportunity to get back on track with Jesus. Lady Reverend, pray for me. I need Jesus. We are not playing games here. We mean business. It's not about people and what they think, like the disciples and Simon the Pharisee. It's about finding the master and making your way to him. Lady Reverend, pray for me. I need to be serious with God. I need to start all over again. I need to be sure that I'm going to heaven when I die. Lift up your hands high above your shoulder and I will pray for you. And if you have lifted up your hands, please come forward. And let me lead you to the shepherd of your soul. You've lifted up your hands, just come forward. And let me lead you to the shepherd of your soul. Father, thank you. Thank you. We are waiting. Come quickly. Come quickly. Come quickly. It's time to surrender. You are fighting within yourself. Tonight, yield. Yield. Yield to the Holy Spirit. Yield to what God is saying. Give your life to Jesus. He will come in and make all things new. He will make you a new creation. He will give you eternal life. He will establish his purpose for your life. Come to Jesus. Come. Come. Come and receive him. Come. For the last time, come. Your whole heart I'm just leading you but let it be a prayer that you mean from your heart and let God answer your prayer you want to say after me Lord Jesus tonight I come to you just as I am Jesus take my life and make me a new person my good shepherd I don't want to be my own shepherd. I want you to be my shepherd. Therefore, tonight, I invite you in. Come into my life. Be my master and my personal savior. Thank you for dying on the cross to save me. Thank you for rising from the dead so that I may have eternal life. From tonight, I lay everything at the cross. Thank you 
for making me a child of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Happy birthday and congratulations. I have some gifts for you. You were born in this church. Continue to come. Be serious and don't let things that trouble you take you out of the path. God bless you. God bless you. It was great having you today. To find out more about the resources available by Adelaide Heward Mills, please visit at the Kodesh, North Kaneshi, or meet her on Facebook at Reverend Mrs. Adelaide Heward Mills. For prayer and counseling, please call 0243-187-900. You can also drop us an email at honeyonmylips at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Until next time, God richly bless you.